Hey, this is Zach Miller, and you're listening to the New Rules of Investing Radio. This is our place on the internet where we discuss tools, tips, and technologies to help financial professionals build their practices and their businesses. Today's guest is Zachary Gronick, the founder of RIA in a Box, which is an outsourced compliance solution that incredibly was responsible for registering one out of every five new investment advisors last year. Uh, he's going to talk to us about why his business is growing like a weed, new services that he's rolling out, and why advisors across the spectrum are continuing to outsource this part of their business. Uh, it's a very interesting uh, podcast. I will put links up to uh, the places that Zachary uh, refers to in his uh, in his interview. And just wanted to say you can find this podcast on my website, newrulesofinvesting.com. You can also find this podcast on iTunes where we'll have archives in both places. If you come back to the website, you can leave comments, you can ask questions, um, and you can also hopefully within a week or two get a transcript of this event. Uh, we'd love to hear your feedback. We'd love to hear your comments. Let us know. You can drop me a line uh, either on the blog or, or leave a review hey, and a rating on sorry, iTunes. Hey, hey, Thank you again yeah, for listening to New Rules Investing. And hopefully we'll be back no, at you soon with some more info. Bit, so. Thank you. Um, yeah, it's right. No, I'm, I'm on a really nice headset too, so I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the deal was. Yeah, I think it's a more uh, a network thing. Um, right. So let's start over then. So can you tell me a little bit about you and, uh, and your firm? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I'm Zachary Gronick. I started up RIA in a box about seven years ago. Uh, I come from the CPA world. Um, actually, I was uh, uh, the financial advisor at a large CPA firm in Texas and uh, got tired of uh, dealing with the CPA firm life, uh, left that to set up my own RIA. And then uh, within a month, uh, a couple of friends of mine that were also CPA RIAs from around the nation uh, called me up and we decided to set up uh, what we called at the time the CPA Investment Network. And it was just a, uh, uh, basically we were setting up CPAs with their own in-house RIAs and we were doing everything, including the money management and the reporting, uh, billing, everything else, all the compliance. I kind of became the default compliance guy. And after doing that for about uh, a year and a half, my wife says to me one night, well, why don't you just do this for the general public? And so here we are, uh, set up our in a box. Um, I came up with the idea, I suppose, on a Tuesday. By Friday, we were live. And by the next Monday, we had our first client. Um, it's, uh, like I said, been around for about seven years. And we've set up or at least had some major hand in at least 1,200 RIA registrations so far. Wow. Um, yeah, we've, um, uh, we're now the volume leader and uh, never set out to do that. Um, I was perfectly happy just uh, doing a good job and, and being you know satisfied with my work and I guess through reputation and word of mouth we've we've kind of become the volume leader. We're doing about three fifty of these a year now. Uh, we're on track to do almost four hundred this year. Wow! And uh, yeah, so yeah, so your wife was onto something. Yeah, she was. <laughs> <laughs> she <laughs> she nailed this one for sure. Is, is volume ramping? Uh, yeah, big time. Um, it, it in fact, if you can hang on a second, I'll give you some real numbers. Um, we had done um let's see last year at this point exactly let's see it is yeah at last year at this point exactly we had set up 94 rias through today yeah that's last year and right now we've done 50 percent more than that already amazing so yeah so volume sales are up almost 50 percent and what do you attribute that to is that growth uh, in the industry, know, or is that you're just getting a bigger share of the pie? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's two things. Uh, I, I think that the the there's more uh, there are more clients to deal with. Period. There are more people leaving the BD world um, and quickly, 
there are more people that are are tired of working for another RIA, people who are, are investment advisor reps of an existing RIA, and they're, they're tired of working for someone else when they can just do the exact same amount of work, spend a couple thousand bucks up front, and keep all the money. Um, that, and yeah, and, I, and our market share is clear, clearly growing. And we've set up, um, we just figured this out last week again, uh, we have set up one of every five existing uh, RIAs over the last uh, two and a half years meaning people who actually got approved. So not just the people who applied and got denied. If you look at all of the RIAs that were approved over the last two and a half years, we set up one of every five. That's an amazing statistic. Yeah, it is. So can you talk about the, the suite of services that you provide when somebody comes to you to set, to set them up? Yeah, we've got two basic uh, arms here. We've got the RIA in the box, which is the uh, you know the, the pre-registration stuff. That's where we're... Uh, we'll, we'll take care of all of your documentation. We'll send everything off to the state or the SEC, get you approved, provide you with a compliance set of documents to start out with, and then, of course, give you some training so that you know exactly what you need to do. And that's our primary function. Uh, yeah, that's, that's what our inbox has always been uh, from the beginning. About a year and a half ago, we started up what we call Lexington Compliance. And it's the same company. It's just a different brand. Uh, you know, think Coke and Diet Coke. Um, and the difference is that Lexington is the post-registration arm of the same company, and it's it, we have an ex-state regulator, for example, on staff. We have an ex-Goldman uh, Sachs guy that's our auditor, uh, and that's to provide the ongoing services for RIAs that already exist. Uh, everything from uh, monthly compliance checklist to a uh, what we think is wi- going to be wildly popular. It's only our fifth month, and it's already fairly huge. Um, we have a monthly webinar that's uh, being hosted by the ex-state regulator. And so you, you're getting somebody that's actually from the other side, from the regulator side, telling you, this is what I would have been looking for, this is a hot topic, this is what you should be aware of. Um, and it, I, I think a lot of the clients are finding that to be the best 45 minutes of, their, of the month compliance-wise, if, if you can even make a statement like that. Is that, um, is that a free event, or is that something you charge for? Yeah, yeah, no, it's, we do charge for it. it. It it comes as part of any of the monthly packages that we offer through Lex. So even for $99 a month, uh, you get access to the monthly compliance checklist as well as access to that monthly webinar. And I, I have to say, this isn't just me trying to sell something. I, I can look anybody in the eye and say, for $99 a month, you're you're stealing both of those services. I mean, a lot of our competitors that do, say, a monthly retainer program, the $99 a month just gets you a, eh, a little monthly checklist that, honestly, you probably could have Googled. Uh, we're giving you that plus access to you know, the, the monthly webinar, which alone I think is worth $99 a month, if, if not a lot more. There's been some talk on like some of the industry websites like RA Biz and stuff like that, that it's getting right. increasingly harder for smaller shops to stay in business. Um, you're addressing part of that issue. Um, do, do you see that from, from your point of view or, or, or are you too early in that sort of startup stage like to sort of feel like those touch points? No, 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 no. In fact, I think that that's exactly why we exist. And I'm not trying to sound cute, um, because I know that you know people say we we get that that question a lot when people call up and say, "Well, I'm just starting out, or I'm just coming over with a small book of business, and I'm terrified because I'm reading all these horror stories that it's just you can't do this if you're small." And I totally disagree with that. I really do. I think that you you can grossly overspend um, to keep your RA up and running, but but in all honesty, uh, this might be one of the cheapest businesses that you can start out and, and continue to operate if you do it the right way. I mean, if you think about it, we have, uh, we're in an industry with no inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in an industry where if you're working by yourself, you have no labor costs, assuming that you know, you're not counting yourself. So if you decide you want to take on a secretary and you decide that you want to take on the big office in the biggest building in town, you certainly can, but we have a number of, of people who are working out of their home 
who just say to their clients, look, I'll come to you. And, and their clients love it or, or, you know, get a small executive suite somewhere. The point is that even if you were to hire us at our, you know, at the base package to get you set up, which is about $2,700, uh, and then hired us at the end of the year to take care of your annual renewal, and, and even hired us for that $99 a month package, you're looking at less than $5,000 a year in, in overhead. So for it's an out, not exactly... For essentially an outsourced compliance officer, right? Exactly right. Yeah, and, and, and you know, to be honest, that you know, for the outsourced compliance officer, which is... I mean, you're on the right track. I mean, because we'll be taking care of all the registration up front, and that's the heaviest of the lifting. Um... Because we'll be doing that and the annual renewal, yes, we'll be taking care of all the registration part of it. If you want somebody to actually be outsourced, meaning if you want to be able to call us up, ask our regulator, ask our auditor, ask me uh, questions, and have us able to review documents as they come in, even that's only three ninety nine a month. So let's say that you you were spending the twenty seven hundred up front, and then forty eight hundred a year roughly on the ongoing stuff. We're talking about less than ten thousand dollars a year. And open a restaurant for that. It, that's what I'm saying. I mean, it, it's it, it is it, in my opinion ridiculously cheap to run an RIA unless you get convinced by somebody else that you should be spending an outrageous amount of money. Because uh, let me say this: I have clients who call me up and say, "I hired a reporting company, and the reporting company charges twenty thousand dollars a year." Well, you've got to be kidding me. Why would you do that? Why would you Why would you spend twenty thousand dollars on a reporting company, especially if you're a startup? When I was in my first two years in RIA, I, I own my own RIA as well, and in my first two years, I was using Excel, <laughs> just building my own. Mm-hmm. You know, did a, a mail merge from uh, uh, from Word to build my own uh, bills and invoices. And yeah, you know, it's two hours a quarter. But as somebody once told me, always find time to bill. <laughs> That's great advice. I, I think. Yeah. One of the people that turned me on to you was, uh, I think, a previous client of yours, Kale Smith. Um, right. And uh, he had great things to say about you, by the way. We did a joint webinar a few weeks ago, um, and you know, he extolled your services. And you know, he's found a model where you know, with if you have ten million dollars in AUM, you can pay yourself a salary and, and live a nice life. Like, and it's you know, right. he's handling most of the responsibilities and tasks himself. But uh, you know, or he outsources those to a virtual assistant, and he's got a nice little practice. At least he's got the practice that he wants to run. Right. And so do you, yeah, no. do you envision, um, I guess, RIAs continuing uh, to outsource more and more of, I guess, the, uh, the practice management piece? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I think it's just because most people that go into investment advice aren't going into it saying, you know what, I want to go do compliance for a living. They, <laughs> they want to sell or they want to help people. You know what I mean? Right. And so I think that the, the reason that we exist, the reason that we've gotten so large, um, and again, without even really trying, I mean, this isn't to say that I'm not happy with our success. I'm thrilled. Uh, but it was never my intention to turn this into this uh, now medium-sized business. I was happy with just you know running it as a mom and pop, and I, I think a lot of that is because people want to outsource as much as they can of the non-advisory functions. Um, to that end, and, and not just to <laughs> not just to plug our business, uh, we're about to add uh, a service that I'm really excited about. We're uh, about to add uh, compliant bookkeeping. Because um, I got to tell you, I mean, I, I, one of the calls I get most often these days is we have everybody has to keep books, books and records. You know, I'm talking about you know internal financial statements. That's the sort of thing that that you're talking about, mm-hmm. where people don't want to do that. Nobody got into this business to become an accountant. They can't got into this business to give it financial advice. 
So we want to be able to offer them the ability to outsource yet another function that they don't want to have to do so they can spend more time with their clients and less time you know, sitting around on QuickBooks. So are you positioning your firm to eventually be that, I guess, that business process outsourcer for the entire business? Or is, is that fair to ask? Yeah, it is fair to ask. And, and I think that the, the answer to that, short answer to that is yes. Um, I, we don't have, we're, we're not a law firm. And it's important to say that. So we're not going to be able to offer legal services to the people who need to sue their BD. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, yeah, and it's, it's not the high-level stuff. And, and if, you're, you know, if you're a half-a-billion-dollar RIA, you need a law firm. Uh, I'm not going to lie to you. you. You need a law firm. You, you need much bigger than us. Um, but if you're not, if you're you know, a one- to 15-person operation and you're in a handful of states or at the SEC and you've got less than, let's say, I don't know, $250 million, yeah, it makes a, a lot more sense to hire us. I mean, even at uh, we we have a, a program I haven't even uh, told you about yet, and it's because it's it's not really for a majority of our clients. Uh, it's for the people with 100 to 500 million uh, who do in fact want to outsource as much as possible the, the compliance feature. It includes um, we'll come out and help you set up your office in the first place. We'll actually send out our auditor and our state regulator to set up your office for compliance in the first place, the day that you're up and running. Mm -hmm. Every six months after that, we'll send them in for another checkup. They're going to act on a proactive basis. They're going to call you every, whatever it is, week or two weeks. Uh, Anything you need reviewed, anything that you need checked, anytime you have a question, call them. That's what they're there for. And even that is only, right now, we're charging $18.45 a month for that, which includes all the travel and everything on those, those, you know, the setup and then the mock audits every six months. Well, if you think about it this way, let's say you're a $100 million firm and you were going to drop, I don't know, $150,000 on an in-house CCO, wouldn't you rather give us 22000 and let us take care of all that for most of the, the actual functions? That's awesome. So yeah. can you personify a little bit of the, the types of people you talk about, breakaway um, guys from BDs and you know people leaving existing investment advisory practices? Like, Can you talk about sort of like what those people look like in general, sort of thematically? Yeah, you know what? It, it's kind of funny because it goes in waves, um, and there isn't just one certain type of, of person that we get. Uh, for example, three years ago, we got primarily insurance agents, and there was a huge wave. We got uh, like 200 insurance agents within a year, and then it stopped. Uh, so somebody clearly was pushing that from the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, it's more breakaways, and, and what we are seeing really is a number of BD reps who have been on the BD side either for, I mean, from a, as recently as a week ago, uh, I really did have a guy who called me and said, I just did this, I started a week ago, and I know I can already tell I hate it, <laughs> uh, to people who have been in the industry for 30 years and who are just saying, you know what, the compliance on the Finner side is crazy, which uh, is one of the reasons that I own a RA in a box and not BD in a box. I won't touch the Finner side. Um, and they just don't want to deal with it anymore. They don't want to deal with an OSJ. They don't want to deal with Finner style, uh, make it up as they go compliance. Uh, and more importantly, they want to keep 100% of the, you know, the actual profits instead of having to, to, you know, give a haircut to some company that, frankly, isn't providing a whole lot. Um, and I would say that that's probably 80 to 90% of our clients. And then the rest of it are, uh, you get, oh man, you get everything. Uh, you don't see CPAs coming in anymore, do you? I'm sorry. You don't see CPAs coming in anymore, do you? We do. Yeah. You know, we do, but I would say it's less than 10% of our of our business. And I think um, a lot of that, the CPAs were really pushed into the RIA uh, field, I guess, about 10 years ago. And then I think the push stopped when people came to the same realization that I did. And I'm saying this as a CPA. CPAs can't sell. Uh, <laughs> this is not in, in our nature. 
And most CPAs see financial advice as selling, even if it's not, even if it's just saying, hey, look, I saw your Schedule D and, and we can help you, legitimately help you. Most CPAs just really don't, they don't like that. If they, they did, they wouldn't go into, wouldn't have gone into accounting. Um, and it isn't that we don't see them. We do. It's just that they're, they're fewer and further between. Do, do you see FINRA encroaching on uh, uh, compliance side and, and into the RIA world? I mean, that would really kind of change the whole dynamic, wouldn't it? It really would, um, and obviously we're you know we're fighting to keep that from happening. And what I've heard is the same thing I've always heard, which is Finra at the end of the day seems to have an awful lot of clout, and people are worried about that. People are worried that Finra is going to start encroaching. Uh, however, because they have almost no experience on this side of the deal, I mean you have to understand that what they're dealing with is purely transactional. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a different world. It, it would be like saying, well, you know, the plumbing board isn't doing a good job. Let's get the electrician's board to take over. Yeah, you know, it's, you can kind of see where it's similar enough, but it's really not. Um, and, and the problem is FINRA-style compliance doesn't work for RIAs. It, it, I'm not just saying that. It really doesn't because we're not, we're not charging the same way. It, the incentive for us to get up in the morning as RIAs and make a buck, uh, it, it isn't the same uh, we don't make our book the same way, so there's there's no reason to go to Finra style rules. And and to that end, everybody that I've spoken to that actually knows what they're talking about has agreed with that and said, yeah, honestly, there's no way Finra's going to get it. And you know, now that I've said it, I've jinxed it. But um, <laughs> happened today. It, 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 uh, this is Zachary. Hey, I, yeah. I I lost you right after you said you you probably jinxed it. Oh, okay. Uh, do you want me just to go from there or start further back? Uh, from there, it's fine. I got everything up until that. Okay. Yeah, so I, I probably jinxed it uh, with that. But uh, in all honesty, the everybody that I've spoken to that knows what they're talking about uh, in the industry, whether it be reporters or people that are in the organizations, the industry uh, organizations, um, I said the same thing, and that is that they don't they don't see Finra getting control because it's not the real answer, and and no matter how many people on the Finra side tout it as such, there are going to be enough people on the other side that say, well, it doesn't even make sense. Um, so, yeah, Finra is is almost certainly going to be taking over or has taken over to a large extent the people who are duly registered, those who are RIAs and BDs, the hybrids. Uh, I'm sorry, yeah, exactly. But you know, as I've always said, the hybrids. Uh, they were already dealing with Finra, so that, that's not new. I don't know why they're making it sound like that's news. Um, given your your seat in the industry and having seen so many new um, IRAs get started up, uh, any words of advice if you know if, if you know two years into it or whatever you, you could do it, you could have done it again that you would give to somebody starting out and embarking on this uh, on this career? Things you would have done differently. I, I'm I'm really sorry. I, you broke out there. Can you repeat the question? Yeah, sorry about that. Can you hear me? Okay? That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, Given your perch in the industry and, and having seen so many people come through you, um, yeah. do you have any words of advice for people starting out, like things you would have done differently knowing what you know now? What are you talking about, for them or for me? For them. Given um, You started your own IRA. Now you've, you've been through, you know, you've done one of every five over the past couple of years. So any words of advice you can, you can sort of shepherd you know, people through? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest with you. I know this isn't the answer you want to hear, but not really. Um, I, I don't think that the the practice side has really changed all that much, and I know that you know you read the articles, it makes it sound like well, the landscape has changed drastically. Well, it, it has in a sense. I mean, now you know with with Dodd Frank and 
you know, a lot more uh, RIAs are going to be under state than, than SEC, and obviously you have a, a better chance of being audited now. Um, I would say that, in all honesty, your day-to-day practice really hasn't changed all that much. Your your back office compliance has changed a little bit, but not enough that it should keep you from going into business, and not enough that you should really do anything differently. I think that the well, let me say it this way: I think that the the sort of person who would have hired us for any of our ongoing uh, suite of services today would have done it three years ago, and I don't think that the changes have meant. Anything. I, I think that the the people who see the changes and, and blow it off and say, eh, whatever. I, you know, that's them's the rules. I, you do what you do. You you try to make a buck and you try to help your clients. And I don't think that it really has changed all that much. So I, I'm not sure that that there is any new advice now versus two years ago. Fair enough. And, and last question I ask everybody on on the show. Um, sure. where, where do you go online or offline that you know for of good sources of information to stay on top of your industry? Yeah, well, you know, I, I get the uh, the investment news blast uh, every day, and I try to monitor that. Uh, I think that they do a really good job of staying on top of the, uh, uh, you know, what what's really going on. Um, I also get the REA Biz uh, blast, and and have known uh, Brooke and Elizabeth over there for for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we've been really lucky. I mean, the the industry is pretty easy to to keep tabs on, and I think those those two, uh, as long you know, as well as the, you know the, the trade mags that we get every month. Uh, do a pretty good job of, of letting us know what uh, what's important and what's not, and, and then of course if something gigantic comes down the pipe, then we've got some uh, some sources that that call us first and say, hey, you need to know about this. Great, hey Zachary, thanks so much for your participation. So I'll um I'll format and stuff, and I'll link to the site and everything like that, and probably cool. get up in the next two weeks or so. Um, cool. Really appreciate your time, and I'll let you know yeah, when, no it, when it goes live. I I really appreciate it. Okay, thanks, Zach. Thanks, man. Good luck. Bye-bye. See you.